So hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to this edition of Soccer Hub Talks. My name is Ricardo Balbaida. I'm the CEO and founder of Soccer Hub. As many of you already know, Soccer Hub is an online education platform. We deliver online education for coaches, analysts, scouts. Well, just visit us and get to know a bit better what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. So today we are here with Kai Stopka. Um, we will discuss uh, the subject, reaching the full potential. Kai is talking with us from Australia. So um, thank you very much, Kai, for being here with us. Don't forget that this is a live event, so we'll be able to ask some questions. Just introduce it on a chat box that Nunu will select some to introduce. So once again, Kai, thank you very much. Nunu, thank you very much also. We will go back to our conversation in just a few seconds. Hello, guys. Good afternoon. Good evening for you, Kai. Thank you. Good to be here. Hello, so, no, no, the panel is yours. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for being with us again, once again. And thank you, Kai, um, for, for being here also and to talk a bit about, about yourself and also about, about your company. So, um, so, yeah, so let's start a bit. Um, if you can tell us a bit about yourself, your background as a player, because I believe you've been a player. Um, if I'm correct, in Germany also and in Spain. So if you can tell us, if you can start to tell us a bit more about, about that, it will be great. Yeah, 100%. So I, uh, guys, for, my story is a bit weird. I, I grew up in Australia, um, you know, playing in a normal school, in a normal town in Australia. And at um, yeah. 11 years old, I moved to Europe um, and I played for four years in Spain, one year in Germany. So... Um, yeah, my journey has been a bit different. I, uh, I focused a lot as a kid, um, you know, doing extra work and I always loved football. Football was my thing. And so at 11 years old, my family and I decided, look, you know, it's time you've reached the top here in Australia. You can't really go much higher. So like, how do we take your game to the next level? And that's when, you know, the thing about Europe came up uh, and that was the process of, of getting to Europe is a whole nother story. Okay, that's that's great. And um, so, so as you, we, this is more a conversation than an interview, as as you know. So, so you moved to Europe uh, um, strictly to to play football, or or just for other reasons? Because no, strictly for football. I, I, you know, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. okay. Yeah. So I, guess I realized, I realized that um, you know, at that young age, that you know, I wanted this is what I wanted to do. Football was my thing. Um, school was not my thing. I was good at school, passed everything, but still decided now I want to kick balls around for a living. Um, okay. So, yeah, I um, that was that was my life. I went I went to Europe purely to play football. I, I finished school in Europe as well. Uh, okay. well most of my schooling in Europe, um, and so I yeah I went to Spain the first couple of years. Okay, it's interesting. So, can you can you share with us why Spain? Because obviously the well, if I can say this. The obvious choice will be probably the UK, you know, because football there, it's it's um, well, many many people say it's the best league in the world. Also, also do the language. So why why Spain was was there any particular decision on that? Yeah, yeah, I think and and I think this is very important for the players watching to realize is understand what type of player you are. You know, I I from a young age realized I was small, very very small. And um, but I was technical and I was a midfielder. So I thought, OK, you know, I actually went to Spain for a, for a training session uh, a couple of for a couple of months just to test it out uh, when I was about 10. Uh, but I realized that, you know, the Spanish style suited me the yeah. most. So, so that's what you know, that's where I ended up. And I'm thankful I did, to be honest, as a, for, for, for a young player. Yeah, that's a, that's a very clever decision, and actually touched a very important point. Is like to understand the type of player that you are, you know, and where you can be more suitable. And um, yeah, so in one in one way you have the the language barrier, but in, on the in the other way, inside the pitch, you you are more free to to actually to to, to play your football, you know. So so that was great. And uh, and and next, it came Germany. Okay, that also. German is, is a very complicated language also. So um, how, how did you find and what were the main differences that, and why Germany and what were the main differences that you found between Spain and German football? I, I reached 16 
or 15 and a half, 16 in Spain. I'd spent four years there. I played twice in the youth La Liga um, in that, you know, against Barcelona, Espanol, great teams. But I got to that age where I was like, okay, now I need to add that more, you know, we say in Australia, mongrel, you know, that little bit more uh, power to my game. I was great. I was totally both footed, great on the ball, score goals. You know, that was my thing. Um, I was goal scoring midfielder, but when it came to defending and and you know maybe tackling, I wasn't that wasn't my strong point. And I always, you know, my whole life, my dad, you know, was great with me as a kid. He, he always tried to push me out of my comfort zone, and that's something now with what what I do now. I encourage every player push, you know, seek uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And so for me going to Germany with you know the whole you know thing of Germany, that was an uncomfortable situation, and it was something that was either going to take me to a whole new level or, you know, punish, you know, punish me would be hard, you know, yeah. really super hard. So, yeah. So, so you, did you think, uh, were you thinking also at the time that, that you reached like your technical, um, well, peak and, uh, and you also want to join the physical part of football, the pace is, is, you know, it's much, um, the, the football there, the, the pace is much higher. Um, do you, were you thinking about that also joining both parts to be a more complete player um also was important in your decision 100% i think spain for a young kid is great like the culture they're very welcoming i think for someone going overseas at a young age spain's a great country because it you know it, it allows you to uh you know integrate with that overseas life maybe you without your family they're great people they'll take under their wing and just touching on what you just said though when I got to about 16, I was, I hit like a wall because I, you know, I had coaches and players and every year I was in Spain, I was going up to a better team in the highest league, better team, better team. But I, I, at 16, I hit a wall and I was like, yeah, you know, I need to add something to my game. I, you know, whereas most players probably think now nah, I'm fine. I'll stay here. I was like, okay. Um, every coach tells me the same thing. You know, you're great on the ball, two footed, you can score goals, you change games, but yeah, you know, you, 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 need to, you need to go to the gym or you need to be more angry when you play. Like for me, I was so nice on the field, but, you know, I also had that technical side that I could lean on and go, well, I scored yeah. two goals. I don't need that. But I came to the realization that, you know, if I was going to be a pro, pro footballers are fast, strong and aggressive. They're not only just, you know, good on the ball, can change games. They have to be on the other side. So that decision yeah. to move was purely to be a more complete player, as you said. Yeah, that that's a great and also shows obviously that you've been investing in your career and in a very in, in a very clever way and uh, also going from out from your comfort zone. That's something that is not very usual, especially because you came from from very far and like we said to to countries that the languages are different, the the lifestyle is completely different. And um it's interesting because um because like you said, you felt that you were not you were already on at your peak in Australia, then in Spain, and then then you moved to Germany. So to so to to become that complete player. Also, do you think that the case you said you were scoring goals in Spain and uh, and you were you know playing very well? Do you think also about the football? There is more space and everything. So in terms of the the tactical part of the game, you also improved more in Germany. Yeah, I think, you know, to be honest, and this might be very biased opinion, I think Spanish La Liga is the best league in the world by far. Um, You know, I think you look at a lot of, I think everyone raves about the Premier League, but in my opinion, and having seen real football, like culture, um, I don't think you can get better than Spain, to be honest. Even in the pro levels, like you look at a lot of the mid-table to bottom table Premier League sides and they play Spanish teams in the Champions League and there's always a lot of upsets and and people yeah. still see it as an upset but to be honest the t- tactically in Spain they just you know you watch a you sorry you watch a Premier League game you watch a La Liga game in the Premier League game you know you've got you've got you know really fast strong score you know you see great goals in in the Premier League you know powerful players it's exciting to watch then you watch a La Liga game and it's more you know, tactical movement off the yeah. ball. So it doesn't look as fast or as powerful. But the yeah. thing is, most of the time, and I would say most of the time, you put a Premier League side against the La Liga side, most of the time, second half, La Liga teams will absolutely dominate the Premier League yeah. side. Not because 
you know, they're not running as much or they're slower, but because they've, they've discovered and they've, you know, found out that they don't necessarily need to do that. And they, you know, the the players without the ball make the space and then the ball moves very, very comfortably, you know? Um, So for me though, as an individual, um, moving to Germany was, as I said, um, I, I think tactically it was similar, but moving to Germany um, for me was that extra little part of my game to add that bit of, you know, explosiveness, you know, and I, and I got it. So that was, it was a successful, you know, time to go there. Yeah, that's great. And uh, thanks for also for sharing your opinion. And in terms of, for example, like the Premier League, I agree completely. And we had a match yesterday and we could see like Chelsea, that is a top team against Villarreal and they've been struggling, you know. And if you compare the players individually, of course, Chelsea have a much better squad. But like you said, possibly uh, in Spain, they they play in a more clever way, if we can say that in, in that, that way. You know, and um, okay, and of course they they play with the players that they have, but they try to take all the potential from them, and they always they always fight the same the same thing also in Germany that also happened. And um, thank you for sharing that that story. You know, it's it's great. So obviously now you are back in Australia. Can you tell us a bit more about it and also and uh, how it came the idea to to create uh, next level soccer and uh, and also why. 100%. Now, this is this was a moment, was probably the best and the worst moment of my life. Um, I, I had this season in the under-17 Bundesliga uh, in Spain and uh, came to the end of the year. And I made a promise to my mum, which was the worst promise I ever made, that if school didn't go well, because I moved from Spain to Germany, yeah. and if school didn't go well, you know, not being able to speak that language, I was in a German school in year 11, that if it didn't go well, I'd come back. So got to the last exam. Um, in the, in, in the, at the end of the year, uh, and I failed by one point, literally one point in the last exam. And so I failed school. I had no other choice, but, you know, I promised my mom, look, I'll come back and finish school and then I'll go back overseas. So cool. four weeks to go, my last week in Germany, we beat Schalke 2-1. And there's a whole story behind that because I was at Schalke for, for a little bit. Okay. Um, and so there was a story behind that. But it was a great last game. Uh, they only had two or three games to go. Um, I missed out on the last game against Borussia Dortmund, which was, uh, you know, very sad, but yeah. came back to Australia, had the plan to finish school and and go back to Europe. I was actually, now you mentioned that, I was actually planning on going back to Villarreal um, in Spain. So okay. that was my big goal. Came back to Australia. I was pumped and I was actually, when I, I thought I'd be angry when I got back sad, but I got back and I was, you know, determined. I was hungry. I was excited to go to that next step again. And that would, you know, if I got into Villarreal at 17, 18, that was, you know, that was the moment, you know, that was my chance. It was the big thing that would, that would have been the thing. So came back and um, within three, four, I'd say within two months, actually, I got caught in an accident. Um, I was training a lot. I was doing two, three sessions a day, every day, maybe half a day off. Maybe I'd do one session a week and that was my day off doing way too much gym work um sprints hill runs uh on field training and then weights at home in the garage and you know i i realized i I, actually i didn't realize i thought i was superman i could keep going and you know when i think when you do that much work in the gym or that much training gets to a point where you don't actually feel the pain you don't actually feel the tiredness you can just keep going and i had this inner drive i was like there's this one trial this one moment that's going to that's gonna change my life. That one thing I've worked my whole, you know, sacrificed my whole youth life away from my family for that one thing, working yeah. super hard. What happened was, and, and this was me being stupid and maybe no one said anything to me, I, um, I started to, you know, break down. And uh, my, my body, my muscles, my tendons started to get really soft and, and not be able to, you know, maybe if I had two weeks off, I would have been fine. And we, we wouldn't yeah. be sitting here right now. But I kept going, kept going. Anyway. Um, got, was playing one day, bit bad tackle, boom. And I was like, Oh, my back, you know, my back's a little bit sore. Um, this was only four or five months away from going to Spain, but I was like, sorry, I'll keep training. It'll go away. And, um, didn't go away. And then, um, next game, another tackle. That was it. That was the end of it. Um, and, uh, I had two, two fractures in my spine. Um, I had internal bruising, bleeding of the, the back between the bones. I had everything that you could think of. And um, 
I didn't know it was bad when I did it, but I had an MRI, discovered all that. And um, I remember asking the guy in the hospital, you know, how long until I could play again? He said, he said 12 months. So um, I cried for days and days and I spent probably three months in bed, um, paralyzed, not being able to walk. Um, yeah, I haven't really talked about this much, but yeah, okay. in bed, not being able to walk and um, in my head, look, staring at a ceiling, you know, for 24 yeah. hours a day, m moving hurt, even laying in a bed hurt. So um, I went from, you know, um, playing in the biggest league in Europe, in the, in the Bundesliga at that stage with players that right now today are playing on TV and earning millions of yeah. dollars. And I was back in this bed paralyzed. So the next four, sort of three to six months were just probably the lowest moments of my life. I had very bad thoughts in my head. You know, yeah. I had to get a job in a kitchen to just give me something to do purpose. Again, I had no purpose. And um, in this kitchen, I was wearing a full brace, like a metal and plastic brace on my back so I could okay. stand up and so I could actually walk and, and, and cut vegetables to, to get $15 an hour, Australian dollars, and, yeah. uh, and pay, pay for a bit of rent, pay for some food. And um, I remember in, the, in that kitchen, you know, that was I was in my head for eight hours a day cutting these vegetables and just thinking about my journey. And a lot of times I would, you know, be crying in the kitchen and I would just blame it on the onion. I don't think anyone can, you know, really, you can't really explain the pain that someone goes through. And that was like, that was my rock bottom moment because it felt like everything I worked for my whole life was, that was it. That was done. Yeah. And I was, I had no school. Like I was, you know, I finished my school, but I, I dropped out of, of year 12 because I was doing this football thing and I was going to go back to Europe. And that was, you know, I had no plan B. So um, I was lost and for 12 months I was lost. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how, that's how we got to there. Do you want me to explain how I next level started now? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. And thanks for, and thanks for sharing that story. It's, it's, it's a hard story, but also it's incredible story. Like Joshua here is saying, and uh it's always nice also to share, you know, this kind of stories can happen to, to anyone. And it's also a lesson about the training that you've been saying, like training too much. But that's a different story. Maybe we, we could tell a bit a bit later on. We can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. If you can, please go on. Yeah. So, so um, I have a really close friend here in, in Australia who was my mentor. His name's Danny Tiato. Uh, Danny played for uh, Manchester City for many years. And... Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was, he was very similar to me. You know, he went through a lot of hard stuff when he was a kid. He, um, you know, he didn't make any state teams. He didn't make any good teams. Um, and then when he reached an age, he got one chance. He got into a first team and went to Europe, Italy and played professionally in England uh, and ended up at Manchester city. So he was a mentor for me. And then during that time, um, you know, I'm a quite a happy person. I don't let people see my tough moments, but I think he could tell sort of, you know, I was going through a bit of a tough time and he, he, he sort of rang me one day and he said, look, I need you to send me that program of drills that you did as a kid and I want to give it to my son to do. And, yeah. and you know, this was the worst moment of my life. I'm depressed. I don't want to think about football. I said, whatever, yeah. here you go. Now, this, this program, just a side note, this program was something I did in, in, in Australia but to get me to a level where I was good enough to go to Spain yeah. get my foot in the door and then from there scrap and get every chance I could to keep moving up. So anyway, I didn't realize that at the time that that program had impacted my life so much. And uh, when I gave it to him, I went back to my miserable, depressive state in the kitchen. And um, months went by, two, three months, and I started getting these random phone calls. And I'm thinking it's like a call center or something. And I'm like, oh, don't answer it, don't answer it. And, um, you know, one after the other. And anyway... And then I started seeing the same number calling me a couple of times. So one day I picked one up and it's this mum, And she said on the phone, she's pretty much, you know, in tears. And she's like, hey, you finally answered my call. Um, Danny Tiado is the coach of my son's team now. He, he, can you please send me that program of drills? His son, has, he's gone to a whole new level and I can't believe it. I need that for my son. And I was, I was think, sitting there thinking, there's no way I haven't even spoken to Danny for a couple of months. Like I don't yeah. understand this. And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I sent it to her and that was it. And um, 
you know, I didn't think anything else of it. And then I started getting three, four, five phone calls like this. And I'm like, okay, there's something here now. You know, there's there's this thing that I've got that that it can impact a lot of lives. So um, it sort of gave me a little bit, just a little bit of, 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 of you know, happiness in my life. And yeah. that was the only thing that was bringing me happiness. So uh, to, to hear other people, you know, achieving good things. So I, I stuck with that and I, and I met with another close friend of mine who is a, a famous um, entrepreneur in, in, here in Australia has done a lot of online education courses. Okay. And um, one thing led to another. I had a meeting with him and uh, again, walking into his office with the back brace under my shirt. So he didn't know I was, you know, okay. in yeah. that place yeah. and um, sat down and, and I, he said, look, you, your dad's told me you, how you are mentally. You're not good. I need to, you know, you've got this skill. How can we create something out of this skill. And he said, he's told me the stories about all the parents that keep ringing you. What can we do with this? And I was like, I've no idea. You need to help me. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I just know I've got something here that works. Yeah. And, um, and I've had parents physically it takes a lot for someone to actually call you and go, this works. Right. So yeah. anyway, we spent a year together and I'll never forget this guy. Um, we're still very close today and we've got some exciting things coming together, but I will never forget this, this man. And, um, he he helped me build this course that is now next level soccer and um changing hundreds of lives around the world each week and uh I, you know um i'm back playing now i've been back for three months um right. maybe a little bit longer than that maybe six months and um i uh, i've been to a few places playing now got a few calls from different places um you know, so now I'm continuing with my own career. I think COVID-19 maybe helped me a little bit because, okay. you know, the world sort of stopped while I yeah. was injured. Um, so my career is by no means over, but it's just a joy that now, you know, I get to see, I get Instagram messages every day of, look at, this is what I did today. This is my new result, you know. Um, and the great part about the program uh, is it's all about repetition, so, you know, you know, if you're doing thousands and thousands of touches more than your teammates every single week, you're going to get better. It's impossible not to. And that's why I, I have so many happy mums and dads and people saying, you know, look what I did in one week. In three sessions, I got this much better. And, um, you know, that's the thing that gets players addicted to football. It's not the scoring goals. Like the scoring goals part wears off. It's the yeah. fact that they can feel and see on a video their improvements over one week, a month, six months. And um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much how that, that happened. That's, that's very interesting. And uh, thank you for sharing that, that amazing story. And now you can, you can join both things that you like, you know, you can help other people to improve and uh, young kids, and you can also play. And um, it's, 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 it's great to, 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 to hear that, that, that you are improving also your health condition. And, uh, and what you said about the repetitions, that's very important. Not only, this is my opinion, obviously, not only because you, you get better, obviously, but you also get other things like concentration, for example. You get the passion for, for the game uh, because in these days, um, you have the kids have loads of things to do, you know, many, many options, many choices. They feel a bit lost. And if you guide them, they will feel that passion inside and to become a top player you need to feel the passion for the game it's not only about training so um, i'd like also to ask you you've been you've been um, you mentioned uh, before that you've been training so much um too much actually and um but it was more on the physical side do you think that the players possibly because of we have a role model we have there are two role models in the world more that's is messi and, and ronaldo obviously and one is is very popular because he ronaldo because he works a lot his physical side do you think also if if someone doesn't understand so much it can go it can happen the same that happened to you so you are not you are not balanced between training with the ball training actually your skills but only be focused on the physical side do you think that can happen also hundred percent hundred percent like um i've seen people i know personally um and again this is no medical advice you know but yeah, yeah, people yeah. leaning a lot to doing a lot of leg weights a lot of even upper body weights heavy stuff even cycling i've seen one person in particular do a lot of like start doing a lot of bike riding because they think wow i'm getting more powerful but yeah. it's actually making them slower 
what it had it did you know yeah. and their career ended because they just became too slow too yeah. big you know and um so yes i talk about this in the course on next levels if you want to come back from an injury i would yeah. stay you know do minimal cycling i think cycling is good to get your warm-up and and stuff like that and again, this is no expert advice, but um, if you're wanting to do more recovery work, I would look at pool stuff, like in the pool, um, you know, walking is is good. But long, you know, extended periods of time doing a lot of leg work, you know, um, and heavy stuff is is never good, I don't think, for a footballer. Yeah, of course. And also, I don't know if you do that on your courses, obviously, but, uh, but it also depends on the position that you play on the field, you know. Like, uh, for for example, if it's a winger, if you want him to be fast, there are some some muscles, possibly you don't want to train them so much because you make them slower. If you are a striker, it's different. So so every position is, is, is a different kind of training, also a different kind of approach on the mm -hmm. physical side. That, that's also also important. Just We have here a question, but before that, I would just like to, to ask you when, you, when you've been talking, this is just a curiosity, when, when we, because you've been obviously abroad and in Europe, uh, at that time, were you under the radar of the national team, Australian national team, or or, or not? How how it works? Uh, there is a story behind that. I don't know if no. I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, okay, okay. No, if you don't, if yeah, you are not, I I I think I was. Um, okay. Yeah, I think for people inside of Australia, um, this the, they would understand the story a lot but i think I, I i might not tell the story just because yeah yeah i don't want to get into too much trouble but there definitely was a situation uh when i was at Schalke uh with the national team and um yeah it didn't go well because um anyway i, I won't say too much if anyone's yeah. interested in learning that story reach out to me personally uh, yeah. but, uh i've just got to be a little bit careful because i don't want to you know talk badly about my own country but yeah know, of course so. yeah, yeah i know what you mean and uh, we are also here not to, to to talk about those things it was just a curiosity but we will approach in a bit more the australian football in in general so we have here a question from rene and luis soto that um, um says that research shows that critical ages where most overused problems occur are done between the ages of 9 and 12 the 9 to 12 from your experience what will prevent this um it from happening yeah yeah i think um from from that ages you know players start to get um osgood slatters like in your knees they get the growing bump in the knee um yeah. i had that while i was in spain people get back issues soreness but i think a lot of that is to do with growing as well when yeah. from nine to 12, you know, that critical growing age, I'd say even for boys, 13, 14, 15, um, you know, I would be very careful with what the amount of weights you're doing, the amount, you know, um, as you said, you know, it does occur more in that age, simply because the, the bones, and I only know this because I went through the injury, but through those yeah. phases when you're growing, your bones and everything around it that makes something strong actually are weak because it's growing and it's stretching, right? So it's stretching. Yeah. So if, if, if something's stretching and and you're putting a lot of load on it and it's not fully formed, it's just stretching out and it's not, you know, everything around it hasn't made that strong, that's when the problems come. And that's why I think from 11 to 13, 14, I'm sorry, 9 to 13 or 14, players have, you know, tough times, growing pains, because, you know, those things around it are weaker and it takes less exercise to make that sore. So um, if you're having growing pain, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I had a lot of it. Um, you know, treat it how you can. Ice, you know, ice is great. Um, you know, a lot of people say push through the pain. Uh, if it gets really bad, you have to stop, then stop. But I think growing pain, it, it's that's all it is. It's not to get too worried about that. Um, I think, does that answer the question, do you think? Yeah, I think I think he answers perfectly. Thank you, thank you for the answer, and thank you also for the question for Rene and, and Luis Soto. And um, so, do, do you think also that um, in terms of the the work that you, that that the players do, do you think that at a certain age or until a certain age, the players should be focused, or in this case, the coaches, to to put the player like to play more with the ball, to enjoy, to actually to enjoy the game and not so much on the physical side and only to start to train more deeply that physical part from a certain age. 
Uh, do you think that makes sense or, or not so much? 100%, 100%. Um, you know, I always go with caution. I think strength work, strength and conditioning work is really good. Yeah. Um, I think a great balance. You need to find a balance. Uh, I would always, as a younger player, I would always urge you to master your technique. If you can, yeah. at that age, master the technique, it's only going to carry through because it's like a language. When, you, when you're young, you learn languages really quickly because your brain's yeah. younger and fresher, right? Well, same with football. If you can get the technique down pat early, you might not have to do as much work on your technique later because yeah. it's already programmed in your mind. So um, I think as a young player, that's the most important is to master your technique. Um, of course, I would always try and do some form of, you know, ab abdominal work, you know, yeah. absolute is important. Uh, glute strength, you know, if you have strong glutes, it translates into all the other parts of your body. But definitely for young players, master that technical side master it yeah so you you work on the core of the body yeah and uh and also because like you said and we, we absorb more information and we learn better when we are younger and uh, i believe it's it's much easier to to work your technique when you are when you are young then if you work the technique when you are older maybe you, you cannot make it anymore it's not something that you are able and the physical side the physical part you can always you can always train and you can always adapt and uh, you are more aware also about the injuries that you can get you get advices and uh, that's a more sensible part and um, and you are the, the example of it so um, in terms of the australian let's talk a bit about australian soccer at the moment how do you see it today in, in today and also in the future uh, what we think is still needs to be done 100 percent um as far as if you're a player that's looking to to really push um, or give yourself the best chance coming from Australia yeah. right now. And, and this is not me saying that this is general knowledge right now, any age after 13, every year that you stay in Australia after 13, you're, the chances of you making it get less and less and less. I think yeah. what, I don't know the exact stat of every player that makes it compared to everyone that doesn't, but that yeah. is a tiny percentage of everyone makes it that doesn't every year that you stay in Australia after that age, for me, the percentage gets less and less and less. And you want to make sure that percentage stays as high as possible uh, because it is so small. So um, for me, this is the exact roadmap for a player coming from Australia or even I know that US system is much better than Australia. Uh, but even if you want to go from the US to uh, Europe as well, I'd say as a young kid, focus purely on mastering the technique. In Australia especially, I think up to the age of 11, 10, 11, we're very similar to Europe, very, very similar because at that age, there's only so much you can teach a player, you know, about tactics and, and, and where to go on a field. There's only so much you can, you know, you can teach. Yeah. So um, at, until that age of around 11, 12, uh, it's very similar. But what happens is when you get to 13, 14, 15, in Spain especially, they're starting to do, you know, great formational play movement off the ball um third like a lot of different runs different strategies you know they don't do that in australia so that's where you're going to yeah. fall behind so my exact roadmap and what did it for me you know because when i went to spain guys and this is you know my journey might sound great whatever but when i went to spain i wasn't anywhere near the level you know technically i had a you know i had a trial at espanol and they told me technically you're probably better than what we've got Yeah. Goal scoring wise, I, we don't have a player that can score as many goals as you. You know, da, 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 all this stuff, personal stuff, you're probably one of the best players we've got. But, well, one, you don't speak the language. That wasn't a big issue, but you don't speak the language. Two, tactically and defensively, you're not nowhere near the, the level. And we can't have a player that can do one thing but not the other at, at a professional yeah. club like this. So what that means, guys, is, you know, For everyone watching that, you know, obviously watching something like this, you 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 know, you want it, right? So um, master that technique side, that you know, that that you know, personal stuff. Because no matter if you go at eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you go to a country like Spain or Germany or, or even the UK, tactically, you're not going to be at the level. It's impossible yeah. because in this country, we don't have the the level of of whatever it is to get you to that to that spot where you're good enough to be yeah. at a professional level in Europe. So the only chance you've got and the only chance I had was to make sure I was two-footed, I was comfortable on the ball, I was confident on the ball. When I got to Spain in my first year, 
this is a very, this is like a light bulb moment for a lot of people. When I got to Spain in my first year, I, um, you know, I didn't go to Espanol. I went to a second tier team in the second division or, or even the third division. It's called something different um, in Spain, but yeah. third division I was in. Um, and, you know, I, I had to, I only got in there because I was technically great, right? That was a step one. What I had to do when I got in there was learn the tactics and learn the tactics as well and how to defend so that I could progress. And something that was really great for me and move the needle was the fact that once I learned that, because I was so good at the other stuff, because I trained yeah. and worked so hard at it, now all of a sudden I'm playing in best, the best teams in the country. And it's like, oh, well, where did that come from? And the players in my old team saying to me, you know, I played with you. How are you playing at the top league now? Like, you know, it's because once I learned the tactical side, once I learned how to defend for Spain, then all that other stuff came in handy. And it was just like, you know, that, that was the difference. So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And that's in a very clever way that you do those things. And, uh, I'll, well, you, you can see many players that come from countries where football, it's the case of Australia, where soccer is not, is not the main sport. And uh, maybe they struggle or they don't want to improve or they think they are not good enough. But, but you always saw the, the bright side of the, of the situation. You know, you always thought, well, I'm good at this. I can improve at that. And, uh, and especially, I don't know if it makes sense for you, but I don't believe there are many Australian pl players in um, youth teams in, in Spain. So probably you thought, well, if I make it, it will be for the sky. I'm a scout, you know. So that's something that comes up, you know, and you see a player that is from Australia is not so usual. So you keep someone who's going to watch you, you know, to see how you are doing it because that that brings you also to the national team if you are doing well. So so it's a great thing, I'll tell you, because there are some players in Portugal also from, from New Zealand, from Australia, and it's always nice because you bring other things, you bring other stuff many times from also from other sports, things that the players over here don't have is the same if it goes a portuguese or a spanish player to play in australia they are under the, the spotlights in some somehow you know because it's not so common and actually we have i think we'll have an interview with him i already spoke to him a few times he's nuno reis that plays there for melbourne city they were champions this year and um yeah so he, he was he was starting to play he played for sporting lisbon youth teams many years so he's over there so that's the thing you know the world is, is like that in these days so that's interesting and uh, to talk about in in terms of the um, worldwide so the the, um, the service that you guys offer it's only for australian players or also worldwide it's a worldwide service yeah yeah 100 percent. so you know when i when i created this um program back in the you know the really low point of my life I literally, all I did, I sat at a desk, I got a pen and paper and I mapped out in my head, my journey and how I went from Australia, you know, maybe a, a, a difficult country to come out of and how I did that. And, you know, I broke the course up into bite-sized pieces so that any player, no matter if you're from England, US, Australia, wherever you're from, New Zealand, you can consume it and apply it and do exactly what I did. So the first part of the course is all about knowledge. So okay. it's about, about 30 videos, six to five to six minute videos, bite-sized stuff, really easy to, to learn and consume of my journey, step-by-step, step, how I went from a tiny town in, in the middle of nowhere in Australia, yeah. playing in some of the biggest youth leagues in the world, how I did that coming from a disadvantaged football country, what I did at home, you know, some of my biggest failures as a kid, my biggest successes, my hurdles and how I overcame them. This part, the first part of the course is all about preventing mistakes. You know, in football, some of the players that make it aren't the ones that are the best, the ones that make the less mistakes and the most consistent, right? Because I know for me, when I make a mistake, whether it's a big one or a small one, I'm thinking about it for a while afterwards. Yeah. So if we can reduce those errors you make, you're going to be more successful. So that's the first part. And the second part is uh, all the training programs. So at home, what are you doing at home to get to a level where you're good enough to get out of a country, you know, a, you know, maybe a more difficult country to play in and get to somewhere that's going to give you the best chance, you know? So that's what I said it before about the light bulb moment. It's mastering that the first early stages of your football, mastering that and, um, and giving yourself a chance. Now, this program is never going to make you 
a professional footballer because it's yeah. you know it is so many aspects to a professional footballer but what this will do for any player doesn't matter who you are what this will do for you is get your foot in the door in Europe if you're if you do if you know it's my old saying is what happens when you 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 combine hard work with the right tool you get success yeah. so um as i said before repetition everyone gets the results doesn't matter where yeah. you're from um and so my goal is to get players foots in the door tactically yeah. defensively they're not going to be there that's we've accepted yeah. that as a part of our country yeah. and we go yeah. but i still did it you know and i played a lot higher than players that grew up in spain so yeah yeah it's possible and you just have to follow the steps there's a lot of these programs coming out now which are amazing people have gone and made the mistakes and now they're giving them to people that are just coming through so that's what mm -hmm. that is that's the second part full mapped out three level program beginner intermediate advanced what to do at home in your garage in your backyard and then the third part i'm sitting there when i'm creating this and i'm like oh you know um I was lucky, you know, I, I did this work, I learned from the best mentors, and then I went, oh, oh crap, people don't have the, the contacts that I did. So now I give everyone my contacts. I've got 15 yeah. countries of my personal contacts on the course. So you okay. get a full pathway, you get all the knowledge um, that I learned. And we've got speakers on the course from, you know, Craig Johnson that played at Liverpool, Danny Tiara at Man City. Um, we've got the ex FC Barcelona, Masia, um, director who I'm going to put you in contact with because you have to interview okay. this guy. He's unbelievable. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. He's he's a great mentor of mine now and he coached, well, was a part of Messi's journey when Messi was yeah. very young. So unbelievable interview that one. And then we have, you know, 10, 12 other bonus interviews inside the program, inside the course. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's basically a rundown of exactly what it is. Um, and to be honest, we've been live for three months. And it's a delight to wake up every day because I see so many results um, and we have case studies on the course of players that have done it. So you can see their results wow. after 30 days, three months, six months and 12 months. The boy that's been doing it for over 12 months now uh, has an opportunity in Holland. And that opportunity came from speaking to the contact inside the course, grabbing an email, writing to them and, um, and, and from there getting a club offer. So, yeah that's brilliant i'll say that do you think like it's like a kind of you are replacing the the street football that used to be played you know like 20 years ago uh, uh, so you are in somehow you know uh you know repl replicating that that part that was very important this the most skillful players that you could see i'll say the the, the better example is ronaldinho for example i don't i don't know if you can see a Ronaldinho in the next few years but it's something that he was doing by repetition because he didn't have other options of what to do you know it was all about to be with the ball and all the time you know so so you think because football like we know the players in these days are are pretty much uh, are pretty much the same you know like uh, um so so you are you think in somehow that you replace you also bring that that part to the kids these days so they can train home they of course they are guided but they can have that uh, that part and improvising also uh, when it gets to to the match they already have better techniques so allows them to improvise and to think quicker because they obviously if you do repetition like you said uh, when it gets to to the match you know you 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 are not so worried with your technique so your brain is going to work in much quicker you know you take a quicker decision and that's also important um do you think is also you can say it's a bit like that yeah 100 percent. i think i love relating it back to learning a new language you know yeah you're younger it's easier everything's easier when you're younger to learn a new language to understand problems to everything you know school's easier when you're younger you know so um 100 i think it's and relating back to that language um subject Football is like learning a language. You master the language. You, I don't need to think when I speak English because I just speak yeah. it, right? And if you're doing thousands and thousands of touches more than the teammates or your competitors every week and you do that consistently for months and years, it's going to become, you know, football becomes easy, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's when you need to move up. And that's that's what football is about, getting to that level, realizing you're at that level and going to the next place to get you to a new level. Um, and so, yeah.
Okay. And uh, if you may if you make a program for a guy with 39 years old, can make it professional, <laughs> just send it to me, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have to get to that age myself first, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah uh, but yeah, just try. Yeah, I, I think I still make it. <laughs> uh, so let, we are almost finishing. Um, can you can you see? Let's let's talk a bit more about um, just Australian football in general. You know, uh, it's not from your generation, but I remember players like Mark Viduca, like Bracciano, like Eric Ewell, a great great squad that you guys had. It was fantastic to follow. And uh, how do you see in these days the, Aust the Australian um, football in general? And can you see in the next few decades um, the national team, Australian national team, to be able to fight for trophies among the um, other nations that are currently, of course, on a higher level? Do you think that's possible? I, okay. So there's, there's very mixed opinions about this subject here in Australia. Thanks. Um, you know, I'm going to speak from what I've seen as a youth yeah. player in Australia now. Yeah. I think that era of uh, of Mark Viduco and and um, and Bresciano and Cahill and all those guys, Schwarzer, um, the goalkeeper, yeah, Mark Schwarzer. Uh, you look at those guys, right? Most of those, well, you know, let's say three quarters of those guys were in Europe, in England, yeah. in wherever. So. I don't even count those as a, uh, they're Australian, but they're okay. not getting Australian football, right? So they okay. made it because they were playing in such a higher, more high environment. They were sacrificing being away from their families. So they put more energy in it and they, they got there, right? They made so it. So, so, sorry to interrupt. It was, so it was a bit like you, they, they went abroad in a young age and, um, and they made it because of that. Yeah. That's some of them. That's some of them. So, okay. so a hundred percent, right? So that's not even that's not even coming from Australian football, right? So yeah. that's out of the question. Coming back to you though, the only other people, and uh, I forget who they exactly they were, but um, actually my dad played against Viduka and uh, a couple yeah. of those guys when he was young in the youth league. Um, but um, the only reason that those extra players got there and actually made it is because they were playing first team or training in the senior team at fourteen. 15, 16. So that's the only reason they got there. You know, um, they develop much quicker. It, it's either the two options. They go to Europe, they get that, you know, that whole new level of training or they stay in Australia, but they're playing with seniors. Yeah. Now in Australia, you don't see that. And that's, that's a hard thing because it's either, we either need to do one or two things. We need to get really, really good with our junior programs and provide a really, really good pathway, which for me right now as a player 18 in this situation, There's not really that. There isn't, you know, there isn't that. The A-League, um, you know, and understandably looks to bring people from Europe because it, it gathers more audience, right, of people yeah. to watch the league. Um, so I understand that. But unless you're in a, in a senior environment young in Australia, it's going to be very hard. So and, and to get into a senior environment, even if you're good and good enough, sometimes you won't even get put there because, you know, maybe the coach – um you know isn't at that level to see your talent or doesn't want you as a player he wants a bigger player or he doesn't want yeah. the big player it's more so uh it comes if you're going to stay in this country uh it comes a lot down to the coach you've got if they're going to help you through to a senior environment young and if you don't have that it doesn't mean you're not good enough it just means that you know we're not advanced enough in this country to to do that and to create professional quality footballs i mean I've got to say that, but also look at the um, the Oli Ruse in in the Olympics, right? We yeah. did honestly really, really well. We beat Argentina. Uh, I think in our last game against Egypt, I think we could have done a lot better. And, and you know, um, I think we could have won that game with with this quality we had in the lineup. But you look at all those players, and I've played with some of them now. They're all playing A League, and they're all young. They're all twenty, nineteen, twenty one, twenty two. I don't yeah. think there was a nineteen year old in there, but. These types of players were training seniors at a young age. And I think some people in some clubs, A-League clubs, are starting to realize that, you know, to you know, there's a difference between winning a league now and creating a national team for the next five years. Yeah. So a lot of those players, uh, Gonru is a great player. Metcalf's a great example. Um, they're training in the seniors young, and that's why they are where they are today. There's no nothing else to it, you know. Yeah. 
So I'll say it's a bit tricky. So in one hand, you have the part of the league that you want to get a better league, more competitive league, uh, but that doesn't allow young players to train with the seniors. So what makes the national team be weaker? If I understood right, it's pretty much that that is happening. Yeah. 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 Okay. So to finish, um, if you had to choose only one aspect that um, that could could make the difference uh, for for it, you know, for to Australia to to get to the next level, what would it be? One attribute in your game. Yeah. To, to to get out of Australia or. No, one aspect that you could change in Australian football um, that could make it easier for Australian players to to reach a higher level. Oh, okay. Um, that's a big question, but I, I've got my answer. Okay. And uh, it's not what a lot of people like to hear. Uh, but I yeah. think if you're going to change one thing, you know, there's a few things you can change. But if you're going to change one thing, it's getting the Vadukas, it's getting the the ex pros, the Brescianos, the Danny Tiados, those guys, putting them at the top. Yes. Yeah. If there's one thing, because there's a lot of things underneath and in the middle you can change, but to change and have a big change. We need to get the people that actually took us to a quarterfinal in the World Cup yeah. to change football. And they can. Now, yeah. okay, I don't know what the response is going to be from this answer because it's very conflicted. Uh, there's a lot of hatred around this topic. Um, but if they're going to change one thing, why not do it to the people and, and put it in the hands of the people that actually were the people that changed football in this country and got us to a World Cup after yeah. so many decades? You know, that's the one thing that would change it. Whether they want to, those got bunch of guys want to be a part of that, want to do it, I don't know. Um, but I think that's the best chance we got. So, yeah. Thank you so much for the answer. It's brilliant because I, I, I was almost asking you that question, you know, before. Uh, if uh, if you think it was important also to to bring those players, you know, those references, also for the young kids to, to understand that it's possible to make it if they made it like uh, several years ago. Of course, the things improve and uh, it's possible to make it. So um, thank you so much, Kai, for, for sharing with us your story, your amazing story. Also, guys, please visit visit um, if you want to leave the, um, where they can find you, where, where they can find Next Level Soccer, if you want if you want just to say to people where to find it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. So you can go to our website, uh, Next Level Soccer, all one word, next without the T, so N-E-X Level Soccer, all one word, dot com. Uh, that's our website. That's our landing page. You can claim your free 25-minute uh, online video training where I explain how I went from a small town in Australia, break it down, um, and, and went to you know the biggest leagues in Europe. I've also break down what Next Level Soccer is all about, why it's so game-changing and is impacting so many lives. Alternatively, uh, if you do have Instagram or Facebook, uh, let's stick to Instagram. You can actually follow us at Instagram at Next Level Soccer. Again, all one word on Instagram. Um, without a T, remember that gets a, gets a few people, but next level soccer and send me a message, send me a DM. Like I get a lot every day. Um, but that's the best way for us to communicate directly, you know? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Kai. And also guys, thank you for much, so much for, for being watching and, um, in the next few days also follow soccer hub and you can see there also some information about next level soccer and, um, and we'll be in touch. So see you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank See you. you soon. Thanks. See you soon. Bye.